Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Pot Liquor Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I make up one half of Pot Liquor. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> How you doing? How was your week? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. I am rich. I am healthy. I am kind. I is <laughs> I is beautiful. No. Yes, my week was good. How was yours, Dr. A? How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. I can't complain. Everything was copacetic, an old word we used to use. And um, I'm ready for this week to come up. Spring break is approaching. So uh, I'm looking forward to that week. Well, all right. All right. Let's get started with our, our wow for the week. Words of wisdom. It's coming from a brother we are familiar with, native of Maryland. To suppress free speech is a double wrong. It violates the right of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. And that's by our good brother Frederick Douglass. Yes, uh, I think he is saying it's not just, of course, suppressing the right to talk is also suppressing those um, rights to be educated properly um, given this Abbott and DeSanto's situations with banning books and states you know the hearer is also the reader in this in this situation and I think when you try to be selective with history um, it can lead people down a road of misinformation, especially about their own culture and the culture of the United States. What say you, partner? I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you said. Um, we should all have access to knowledge and information. And so if you suppress free speech, you are basically violating everyone's right to have access to knowledge and information. Whether you agree with that knowledge and information or not, it should be available to everyone to have access to it. So these are indeed words of wisdom. Yes, and these are good words coming from our guy, Frederick Douglass. 
Let us move on. Okay, an interesting story this week uh, comes from Malia Obama, the eldest daughter of President Barack and First Lady Michelle Obama. Um, she is into the film industry and I believe television too. And she changed her name from uh, Malia Obama to Malia Ann. Ann is her middle name. Um, and there was some kind of pushback on that. Uh, pushback in a way is like you, you're trying to avoid nepotism, um, but it's not working. Also, you, don't be ashamed to use the name now to be criticized. Um, I didn't understand all the madness because I feel like you have the right to change your identity, your name. Um but the audience, it seems, it appears to be, I'm not 100% correct on this, it appears that the audience is saying, even though you change your name, you're getting over because of who your parents are. And that's why you have worked with some famous people already, because you are the daughter of President Barack Obama. What say you, partner? Right. and. A name like Obama, first of all, it carries with it a, a lot of weight because obviously her father was one of the one one of the most powerful people in the world, and so with that name comes uh, expectation and privilege and advantages and and expectations. Well, that's true, but I think that this was her way of declaring her independence from her parents. So, yes, I mean, she even if she changes her name, obviously pe people can recognize her face. So there's no way to escape the fact that you carry this name. But I do think that it was her way of sort of declaring her independence and declaring her intention of, right, to make it on her own merit. Of, exactly. So in that sense, I think it's an honorable thing that she has done. But in my opinion, I would embrace that name if I were her. Which name? The Obama name? Obama. Right. I mean, why? It, because number one, that's, that's, who, that's the name with that, that you were born with. And I think that you just have to acknowledge that, yes, this name will open doors for me. But once you get in those doors, you still have to perform. I mean, we don't care who you are. If your work is not good, it's not going to be accepted. It's not going to be embraced. It's not going to be celebrated. So she still has to, I mean, people will watch her movie because of who she is but if it's not good it's not going to do well do you understand what i'm saying so you yeah, still have I, to perform. I understand why she doesn't embrace the name because she's already hearing it like you know your movie wasn't good then they start talking about her dad and her dad policies 
and things like that, bringing that up, and that has nothing to do with our film industry. And then you start to hear things, well, you only made it because your dad was President Obama. So I can see her trying to, you know, escape that and and, and doesn't want to be scrutinized based on her parents. But, but then on the other work she puts in. But then on the other hand, I don't think it's fair to accuse her of trying to escape that because many people in the film industry, many people in the um, literary industry that write books, they change their names. They have pen names. Whoopi Goldberg, who supported Malia um, Obama for, for changing her name, also changed her name. Her name is Karen. <laughs> she changed it to Whoopi Goldberg as her stage name. And she has, and she has um, obviously, she has an EGOT. She is a very renowned actor. And so she it leaves a rich legacy in her wake. And so I don't see the problem with Malia changing her name. I mean, everybody, again. I don't see the problem, escape. but yeah. I don't think she's trying to escape the criticism. I think she's trying to escape the reasons why she is selected. Like they only selected you, you put your name in, of course they're going to pick you. They're not going to deny or reject the okay. former president. Pick her for what though? Pick her for what? Like, you know, she pitches a movie, a, a television show. Do you really think she needs somebody to green light her work? Like they have unlimited resources. That's what comes with the name Obama. Obama doesn't run any Hollywood studios. Oh, you don't think he has any type of influence? You don't think he has any type of resources? They could pay for I her. I mean, he to has. He, he, her movies. He, he may have. He may have influences. That's what she's trying to avoid. She's trying to avoid it. Like I don't need that. I'm. But do we about. know? Do we know whether or not she has taken advantage of that? You can take advantage of that. And I don't know what it head. is, but I'm telling you what I believe what she's doing by getting rid of the Obama last name. She doesn't want to be seen as Obama's daughter. She wants to be seen as Malia and her own person. Okay. Well, you're speculating, number one, but number no, I'm two. Not. Even if she, she doesn't, said. even if that's what she, okay. So even if that's her intention, that doesn't mean that she's not taking advantage of of those privileges that she has she can she can change her name to remove the appearance of you know taking advantage of her last name but she could still be using the resources that are at her disposal which i wouldn't blame nobody's her. saying that though kim you're going in a different argument nobody's saying she's not doing that what I'm saying is when she pitches, when she puts a script out through regular channels, it's not like somebody is giving it to her, the, the studio and saying, hey, this is Obama's daughter's stuff. That's what I think she's trying to avoid. Like, look at my stuff and then let me get selected because my story and my writing is good. Now, if you're going to use my name then afterward to promote the movie, that's fine. But I'm sure she wants her stories to be picked because that's what she is, a writer. Well, how do you how are you going to use her name to promote the movies after the fact? Because when you send in script, it's just blind. Like it is you, 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 you have 
you have a name on it, but they might, when they see Malia Ann, they, it just might be Malia Ann. They ain't catch that as Obama's daughter. You see what I'm saying? But now with all the controversy, they putting it out there. So that might hurt her too. I was about to say, there's no way that nobody knows that this is Malia Obama. Whether she she could call herself Mickey Mouse, we're going to know it's Malia, well, Malia how Obama. How would you know? How would because you know? you know her face. You don't send your pictures in when you send your scripts in. You don't send photos in. You just send in the script. And it gets mailed in by your, your agent. So that's what she's saying. It's not about her. She's not putting her face on the cover. If she did, she wouldn't need to. Why would you get rid of Obama? She's trying to be, what's the word? Inconspicuous. Like, you know, here, just slide this in with the rest of them. Read the script and let it get green lighted that way. We don't know how many scripts she wrote that didn't make it. I just think this is like me trying to straighten my hair. It's like, it's no use. Like, <laughs> it's gonna, my hair is gonna curl back up. Everybody's gonna know this is Malia Obama. So you might, I just like I embraced my natural curl, she should just embrace her name. And, and I don't have a, again, I don't have a problem with her changing but it to Why Malia do you think Ann? she should embrace her name if she wants to make it on her own merit? Just, she, just imagine, because, just, just imagine, there, uh, just imagine. Just you, you have you have two kids. You have two kids. Say you were famous, right? All it is is Kim Jackson, Kim Jackson, Kim Jackson, Kim Jackson, Kim Jackson. I know several people right? Stars that they don't want that. They want to have their own paths. You know what? Cameron, Cameron, the rapper has a son, right? He, when she, when he comes to the gym that he, when his son and him work out at the same gym and he said this, when his dad come in the gym, he moves away from him. I understand that, but that's right. just because he doesn't want to get caught up in the whole hysteria of people, you know, getting excited because that's his father probably not that it has anything to do with him he just doesn't want to be around the chaos but but for and example you know, all right so to me just i don't see how you that, don't get this though I, I, who says i don't get it yeah but then i don't I do get, get it i'm the, just giving you my opinion of it you're, you're, i do get it i'm just saying she might as well just embrace the name it doesn't matter a name a Rose by any other name is just as sweet. It doesn't, it, that's not going to change the fact that she is Malia Obama and with all the rights and privileges that come with the name. Yeah, I mean, you can I change it. Like I said, I say you don't Mouse. get it because when you hand in the, when you hand in the script, your photos don't come with it. There are hundreds of scripts out there. How that, big do you think this industry is? Like, really? It's, it's, you, it's, you really think people don't know that that's Obama's daughter? Malia Ann, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have known it until I read this story. I mean, and to me, just the fact that she went into a different industry from her father already says, okay, I'm going down my own path. Okay. For example, with uh LeBron James's son, Bronny and yeah, LeBron said he wished he would his other son's name? Bryce. Bryce. He he they're both go they're both doing the same thing. Yeah, but LeBron James doing. said he so, wish he said he wished he didn't name his son after him. 
He says that's the one thing he regrets. Well, that's him, but that's not his son. His son is just like, okay, there's no way I'm going to get, there's no way I'm going to escape the fact that this is my father. But I still have to succeed on my own. Not in that sport, no. But I think Malia as a writer can. What what do you mean not in that sport? Not in the sport because they're going to see who you are. Like I said, if you, if she if they wreck if so she what's the difference? Because they don't see her when they are looking at the scripts at first. There's a pile of scripts they go through. Now, with the exposure of the story that she's changing her name, and we're about to even give it more exposure, not that we are on that level. You know, Whoopi Goldberg gave it exposure. There's a possibility, like, oh, okay, she's not going by Malia Obama. She's going by Malia Ann. Therefore, we know Malia Ann is Malia Obama. But the initial reason why she did it, and she put Malia Ann before she got all the hoopla, that was, believe me, I think that's her reason. Like, I want to make it, I want to know that I made it. Not, you chose me because who my dad is. Because you don't feel a sense of accomplishment. You feel like you're riding the waves, waves and the coattails of somebody else. Now, if if your stuff knocks and it's banging and you get Oscars, they ain't giving Oscars out because your last name is Obama. Mm -hmm. um, but that's my belief on it. That's my take on okay. it. Okay. Yeah. And let us move on. Oh my god, every time I see this picture, ah, we got two stories that we're going to cover in this stop right here. Former President Trump says black people can feel what he's going through because they have been treated unfairly by the law. Donald Trump stated that black people can recognize the criminality, you know, of him because he's insinuating is that we're in trouble with the law all the time and the law treats us unfairly. So there we will have compassion for him, not. It has also been said, and we'll, our second story, we'll get on him, we'll go right into it, is he's also been said that black folks will vote for him because they like sneakers. They said, well, you know, black folks like sneakers, they're going to buy the sneakers, therefore they're going to vote for him. I disagree with that too, but let's stay with the first story. Uh, Trump was at a uh, the Black Conservative Federation Um conference and he was invited as a speaker to talk i don't know much about the black conservative federation but the fact that they invited this dude to speak is all i need to know about them exactly yeah um and where their mindset is period i tell people all the time if you like trump's issues Right. There are other Republicans that have the same policies and issues that he has, but they're not corrupt individuals with 90 indictments. 91. 
91 indictments <laughs> and all this money he's owed because he's a fraud and a bully and a racist individual. Um, how can I tell he's a race? Just what he just said right now. This is racialized. His belief and his stereotypes that all black folks are criminal. Right. I mean, and this is crazy that he is basically telling you to your face what he thinks about you. So this black organization invites him to come and speak. And he literally, I mean, and I'm wondering, do you realize that he is insulting you in your face? Like, do you realize that he is basically using this stereotype about black people in your face saying that you know basically that's all we're about like we're criminals and so therefore we're used to being uh, you know criminalized Criminal <laughs> right yeah. we're used to being criminalized and so, and so therefore you guys can relate to what they're trying to do to yeah me. now we now you down with us <laughs> <laughs> like are you serious this is I feel like Deborah Cox. How did we? How did we get here? That's did, a whole different how we get here than that. How, <laughs> how, did, how did we get here? It's like I don't. I just. I don't get it because, for example, I work for the federal government, right? So we have to do all kinds of financial disclosures. They, they check your credit because when you're in a, a position um, of where you're... Uh, you deal with that type of material, yeah. Right, or a, a position of public trust. They want to make sure that you don't have any motive or any um, incentive to try and Take advantage do something that is... Right, that is fraudulent or that is criminal. To try, and so here he is doing both. He owes people. He owes like a half a half a million, half a billion dollars over. And right over a half a billion dollars in judgments and fines and all that kind of stuff. And we want to hand the most powerful office in the world over to him. Like that is insane. I mean, what? If anybody has any motive to betray uh, to betray the public's trust, it is Donald Trump. I, I mean, if he ever gets back in office, I would not be surprised if he sells this country right down the river. Yeah, so let's jump to the sneakers. They were saying, like, you know, black folks like sneakers. Now, to me, I don't know. Some people, that sneak is tasteful. It's purity ugly to me. These are the, I mean, it, they're just like, just like them. I mean, gaudy, some gold, shiny gold, right. Over the top, ugly tennis shoes. But people that, will wear them. I doubt it. No, well, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to wear them. But they're not sure because they only, they it's pre-order. He's so, charging like $399 for these $10. Yeah, but then there's another one for a $199 too. The laceless ones. Oh, you went on the website the and looked at the... 
No, no, no. I heard it from PCP boys. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't pay $25 for those shoes. I wouldn't pay 25 cents for them. I wouldn't take them for free. And I'm with you. Free Oh, yeah. So, again, <laughs> another, another stereotype and another insult in our faces telling us that we can relate to him and we're going to be excited about his candidacy because he has these ugly, gaudy, over-the-top, shiny, gold, ugly-looking shoes, and we and we like sneakers, so therefore we're going to support Yeah, people them. want them, particularly black people, because they want to rock them. Not. Mm-mm. Not. Mm-mm. No. So, I don't know where he's getting that from. The only people that are going to, the only black people I think that are going to support him were supporting him before. This is not oh, those people at the Black Conservative Federation, <laughs> right? And this I'm is sure not they put, in, they put in their their request. Yeah, I cannot believe that more people it are speaking out against him in the Republican Party. Like they got to speak up and say something because I know they're all not, you know, the uh, they're all frightened for their positions. I I don't think that they're all support they all support Donald Trump, but they're, it's like, they're not going to speak. If you were, if you were at that conference, you did. What conference? You They spoke out against him? No, I'm saying if you were at that conference, you supported Donald Trump. Right. But I'm saying, I don't believe everybody in the Republican party supports Donald Trump, but you don't hear people speaking out against him. Like nobody is. That's is, supporting him to me. Huh? That's supporting him. We, I think Frederick Douglass also had another quote that I was choosing for him, like "silence is deadly." Right. Yeah. So if you, if if right, if I see what you're, you're saying. not supporting yeah. him and you're not speaking out against him, it's like you, you support. Him. Exactly. That is so so true. Yeah. When you say you ain't gonna vote, you supporting him. So right now it's just Nikki Haley. Um, speaking out against him, and that's just because she's uh, running. She lost South him. Carolina, though, so they. I uh, like know, but that's one state. She's still yeah. in it. That's her home state, though. Right? Yeah, that's pretty yeah, that's telling. A bad look. Exactly. She she doesn't stand a chance. I don't know why she keep running because she says she didn't want to be his vice president. I was about to say, I'm surprised that she didn't try to put her hat in the ring for that. She running. Because he might have picked her because she would have he would have a minority woman. So it's a double minority, a woman and a uh Indian person, even though he called he used to call her Pocahontas. I don't think she's ever got over that. That's why she's still running against him. She said, I am not gonna quit. So this is atrocious. I wish he would just go somewhere. This is crazy. This is crazy. I bet you he already has a, um, he probably has made arrangements to get all his debts paid off by Putin if he gets back in office. Putin probably said, okay, if you can get back in office, I'll pay off your debts. Yeah. <laughs> Let us move on. All right, we're going into the sports world on this one. 
This is an oldie, but we didn't get a chance to cover it. We had too much to cover when we first came back. This right here is talking about, oh, little editing mistake here. That's Steve Wilkes, fired by the 49ers. Mm, mm, that is what we're talking about. Steve Work. Steve Wilkes was a defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers who went to the Super Bowl, who held the Chiefs to three points in the first half, and they only got one touchdown in regulation, and that was because special teams fumbled the football and gave Chiefs the ball around the 15, 16-yard line. So on the next play, the Chiefs scored a touchdown. But overall, the defense played great. They were ranked third in the country um but the rumblings is is shanahan was using wilkes as a scapegoat but also said that his scheme his him being steve wilkes didn't mesh well with what um shanahan wanted to run so he got rid of him but everybody's argument was he had a great record um, the only time they lost is when his off the offensive weapons went down during the year, and they played well enough to win in the Super Bowl, but the offense didn't do their job. Yeah, this just doesn't seem fair to have just one year. I mean, I think this is an amazing accomplishment. Well, for he he has been mistreated the past three years. He held the job as a uh, uh, Arizona Cardinals head job for one year and they got rid of him because they brought in Cliff Kingsbury and um, Kyler Murray. That didn't work out. Um, and Cliff Kingsbury was there for two years. Now he's gone. But my thing is, how how can how do you measure he success? Will, how do you measure success in the NFL? How do you measure success? Because I would think that taking a team to a Super Bowl, although you didn't win, I would think that that is success because you did what 30 other teams in the NFL could not do. And if this is the if, if this is the bar, like if you win the Super Bowl, that's the only way to measure success in the NFL, then it's going to be too much turnover on all 31 of the other teams because you know he had I mean? a different because he had a different scheme i don't think that they were getting along well not that there was a lot of bustling but when you want to run things your way and you're not you know and it's your team you can get frustrated and but when if things you're go winning, bad, if you're winning who cares you I'm know telling what i mean you it doesn't, a, a lot of people care because they don't want dissension. And then you have Bosa said we could have been better prepared. So once Bosa, who's a defensive uh, lineman for the 49ers, once he said that, everybody knew the direction the team was going, which was horrible. It, was, it wasn't the right thing to do. This is a tough business, isn't it? Yeah. Big money, <laughs> big money, but I'm sure they're probably used to it. They probably used to land on his feet somewhere, just not as a, a coordinator because he found out too late. And then probably the year 2025, he'll be a head coach somewhere. Do so, they make a lot of money, the defensive coordinator? Yeah, yeah. How much do you think? Millions. Like 10 million? Because mm -mm, the coaches make around that. Okay. 
between so 10 maybe and half 10. of that. Yeah, I mean, no, he might make two, three million dollars a year, two million dollars. Okay, so you can technically you can with you can withstand the, the high turnover because yeah. you've already, you know, but even you if you don't find a job, a team, the next you can year. go get work with a team and be a consultant and they'll pay you four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so we shouldn't feel totally sorry for him, right? <laughs> It's not about feeling sorry. It's just like, to me, like I said, he didn't Arizona. Then he went to Carolina, took over for Matt Rule. He was a D coordinator, took over for Matt Rule. And then they, he, they, he turned the team around and everybody thought that they just was going to turn his title from the interim coach into the permanent coach, but they didn't do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why you say it's not about feeling bad for somebody, but I do kind of feel bad because it's like you go, you perform, you perform well and still get fired. That's I I guess you can feel bad. That is something. It's the nature of the business that they chose. You're right. The turnover rate is high, so they're prepared for that. But I'm saying he's just he's well compensated. Yeah, yeah, but you also have pride too. Yeah, and no it's got to be a, a blow to the ego. <laughs> Good luck, Coach Wilkes. Hope you land on your feet somewhere. And let us move on. All right, the city of Annapolis, Maryland is developing a beach on the Chesapeake. And since this is close to my partner and homegirl, I'm going to let her take it first. Yeah, so this is in my backyard because I live in Bowie, Maryland. This is in Annapolis, Maryland. There's a section of beach on the Annapolis Neck Peninsula that was purchased by a formerly enslaved man and it became a hub for black culture, recreation, and entertainment when black people couldn't go to other beaches in Maryland, such as Ocean City. um, They would go to this particular beach, which is on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, So the city of Annapolis have plans to restore this Uh, this piece of land, and they're going to turn it into a center for Black culture. And it's going to be um, a place where you can come and learn about the history of this five-acre strip of land um, known as Cars Beach. So it's going to be Cars Ectonia, Cars, Cars, Eltonia Beach, E-L-K-T-O-N-I-A. And the city of Annapolis purchased this land in 2022. And they're going to turn it into Eltonia Cars Beach Heritage Park. And it's going to be managed by the city of Annapolis. So you'll be able to go and enjoy the beach there. And then there'll be like a museum there where you can learn about the history. And it's a $9 million project. They're going to, over the next 18 months, they're going to be restoring the shoreline and 
building trails and educational signage about the history. So this is going to be a beautiful monument to the history there. So I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, it's a shame, again, what happened. Um, but, you know, we have different spots. On Long Island, it was Sag Harbor. Uh, in, in, in Massachusetts, was it called the Inkwell? They did a movie on that. Mm -hmm. um, Where um, Martha's Vineyard is. Yeah, Martha's Vineyard. So, so did you used to go to um, the beach in New York, Sag Harbor? I only been out there one time, but it, when I went out there, I had no idea it was a place for African Americans. Oh, Zag Harbor is way out east, is near the Hamptons. So, yeah. But this was an interesting story, good development, bringing back, bringing back that. Uh, five minutes in the. So, uh, yeah. I will definitely be going to check this out, though. And let us move on. All right, so the beef of the week is Donnell Rawlings versus Corey Holcomb. More comedians are at it again. Mm, 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 What's going on? <laughs> this one seems to have stemmed initially from Corey Holcomb saying things about Dave Chappelle. Uh, Donnell Rawlings tours with Dave Chappelle and was on the Dave Chappelle show and I think wrote for Dave Chappelle as well. So Dave Chappelle is his guy, so he was sticking up for him. Mm -hmm. um, but this video that's gone viral where Donnell Rawlings was at a comedy club where Corey was performing and he kind of interrupted him um, and then Corey called him mild. <laughs> Your comedy is mild. And then I listened to Corey's podcast and he was calling Donnell ugly, which is always ridiculous when a man or a woman to me, but particularly a man starts calling another man ugly. Right. Um, and did Corey Holcomb... I don't judge men in their looks. Um, so yeah. we all beautiful in the God's eyes. And I know people say, yeah, we say that. I don't see the any problems with Donnell Rawlings. Corey thinks there's, he has an image problem and, you know, he says that anybody who's ugly is, is hurt. 
is operating from a hurt deficit. So they're going to say things. And I don't know. It's just real nasty and ugly. What's your thought? Same thing. It was the same thing with when um, uh, Cat Williams talked about, uh, what's the actor's name? Talked about his nose and how he was, I can't think of his name, the actor. Um, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. It kind of, yeah, I felt the same way. Like, why are you criticizing another man's appearance? But at any rate, um, I think Corey Holcomb was also, um, also made a statement about how if you've, um, if you've been in more than three Hollywood movies that you've performed fellatio. Yeah, you suck the penis. Right. And I think Donnell Rawlings was insulted by that. And I think that's why he couldn't he couldn't control his temper at the comedy club and he felt compelled to speak out and address well, Corey Holcomb. In fairness to him, he said the reason why he was yelling because he ain't have a mic. I know, but do do you think it was out of order for him to confront yeah, I, him like I, that? I, I, I think I think it was out of order. Um it seems like he took that personally. Um but he he's on Math Hoffa addressing that in the whole dress situation. You know, like Eddie Griffin had said something about uh Shannon Sharp. You know called him gay. Yeah he said Club Shay Shay gay gay. I don't care what y'all think he gay. But the um, thing is, is you you don't you believe in the saying when people say thou dost protest too too much? Like you can protest too much, and people start to wonder, like, why are you so triggered by that? If you're if you're confident in who you are, like I just feel like just I don't, don't know, like- but I feel like I wouldn't have to defend myself. <laughs> If I know I didn't do something, I'm not going to sit up here and argue with you about whether or not I did. I'm just not going to okay, do it. Yeah, that's you personally. But there are people who are triggered. There are people that go from zero to 100 real quick because no, they I got bad that. tempers. I get that. Also, sometimes people don't like people lying on their name. Sometimes when the myth is out there, it you know people begin, begin to speculate and then it becomes the truth. Yeah, Shannon Sharp's sister told him, like, well, you know who you are. Um, so you shouldn't have to worry about that. And, and I don't understand stuff. why do people why do people use uh, accuse people of being gay and then they, as if as if that's it, a slur or as if that's it's a, a slur an because it's it's a it's an attack on their masculinity. They saying you soft, you take penis, and you know it's toxic, but that's what it is, you know. Okay, so let me. So, are you so growing saying, up in certain things you didn't let a guy say to you, unless he was way bigger than you or more about it than so you? Oh, hold on. So, does when when? Okay, so in the context in which Corey Hoke or uh, Eddie Griffin called Shannon Sharp gay, is he saying like his sexuality is? Yeah, he gay. He's actually likes like he's. He, he likes me. Man, that's his sexual preference or that he's soft? Like, because you're saying no. that it's the way to say that you're soft. Yeah, it's the way to saying you you soft. Yeah, because you, you're gay. Even though there are homosexual s- sexual men 
who are admitted homosexuals who are not soft. <laughs> right. That's why I'm a little uh, bit hetero. confused. But, like, are you literally trying to say he's un, he's on the down low and he's really gay, but he's trying to act like he's heterosexual? It's an insult to straight men, right? That especially those that are homophobic and have, have a tinge of homophobia. Yes, it's an insult because it's saying you ain't a man, man. You a gay guy who likes other men. You sweet. <sighs> but you just, okay. You see, but you just said it's an insult to straight men. So you already straight. So if you're straight, you see what I'm saying? That's just like, if somebody called you gay, are you going to get upset? I'm not, that's not who I am. I don't get tempered by that. Okay. You know, but then again, it's not, if somebody calls me gay, it's not being splashed all over television. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. I do think there's something to be said about somebody protesting so vehemently. You know what I mean? Like, like he said, your sister said, don't chase a lie. Like if you, it's almost more effective if you don't say anything because people, you know, I think people, the people begin to raise the suspicion when you do protest a lot. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I just, I agree with Shannon. I think Eddie Griffin was trying to get clickbait and I don't yeah. care. It, it, it kills me when somebody actually thinks they know um, the sexual, sexual, Probably. sexuality of another yeah. person. Right. If you know, then you must've been there or that's your boy and he tells you that. Right. And that I don't think either one of those are the case. Well, and also, I wonder, and I, I don't know, but let me ask you this. Sharp over Eddie Griffin. Okay, but let me, in terms of what, a fight? If they was rumbling. <laughs> of course, he would crack him in half. But um, what was I going to ask you? Okay, so Donnell Rawlings, do you think this beef Donnell. has any... I said Donnell Rawlings. Yeah, I think you're saying Darnell. No, Donnell Rawlings. Okay, there you go. Do you think this beef has anything to do with the fact that he has a Netflix special coming out? I mean, it could be. You yeah, know, you can't it deny could be. It. These could be wolf tickets and and a little hype ahead of his uh, Netflix special. That well, I he's think been going around on different podcasts promoting it too. Exactly. So, so I think this kind of helps. Okay, I've, I'm not I've, mad. I've seen him do stand up. He's funny to me. Did you see um Mike Epps stand up special on uh, I Netflix? didn't see it. Felicia saw it. I looked at it. I, I guess I'm not a huge Mike Epps fan. I don't think he's that funny. I did chuckle a couple of times. Sometimes he is. I think his his movies and his TV shows are funny. He's not, he's his not witty to me, to me, though. No, not at all. Not at all. I don't think I'm a fa- I don't think I'm a big Mike Epps fan. I wouldn't pay to see him. I would go see him for free, but I wouldn't pay to see him. I'd pay to see him. You would? Yeah, because I got principles of supporting black people. No, but I like his show. Yeah, but see, when you support, Netflix. this is what I say. You know, if you have the money and you support Epps, you ain't just supporting Epps. You support other black people too. He has black folks working with him, so I look at spending my money like that to support black folks and black businesses. Okay. You know, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Even if I gave the tickets away. 
Okay, um, I'll remember that the next time. Can you uh, buy some uh, Usher tickets and give them away? Usher I like tickets. I like Usher. <laughs> when Usher comes to DC, can you buy a couple of tickets and give them how away? Much, to how me? much are the tickets? I have no idea, but yeah. I want to tell me how fine they are. If they Renaissance prices, <laughs> no. You said no. <laughs> I don't have that. I'm gonna have to watch the Super Bowl performance over again. That's all I can. No, he got <laughs> <laughs> he better hit. But hey, you started you started off uh the kickoff today says you rich, so I am. I, I did I identify as a billionaire. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you did you 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 have those those tickets then. Right. You should be treating me. And let us move on. Well, all right. Yo, 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 hey. yo, yo. So hey. so scenario. Hey. Yo, 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 hey. yo, yo, yo. So hey. so scenario. All right, so all right, okay. I caught my girlfriend. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Um, we're playing the Am I Chipping game. This is a game that was created by Reese Colbert. I bought this on her website, amichippinggame.com. It's like 20 bucks. Support a black, a black business, a black system. Okay. So first scenario, I caught my girlfriend with my sister in a compromising position. What do they mean? I've, de I've decided to forgive my girlfriend, but I want nothing to do with my sister ever again. Am I tripping? What? Yes. Uh, what is the compromising position? Yeah. Is that sexual? I don't know. It just says, I caught my girlfriend with my sister in a compromising position. I've decided to forgive my girlfriend, but I want nothing to do with my sister ever again. Am I tripping? Yeah. You're tripping. It's like, how you going... Forgive non-blood over blood. Right. That makes no sense. That makes no sense, sis. You're going to forgive your girlfriend. I probably I guess. Would. Okay. Okay. I guess I can understand it because for people say blood is thicker than water. So it's a bigger betrayal for you to, for your you know. Yeah, for your family. To me, the betrayal's on both sides because you my girlfriend and you messing with one of my family members, that's ultimate betrayal. And and I wouldn't talk to either one of them probably. Exactly. I don't know though. Whew. So if you're gonna forgive the, the I, your girlfriend, you should definitely forgive your sister. Right, I think you're tripping if you forgive one and not the other. If you forgive one, you might as well forgive the other. No, nah, I mean, if you forgive your sister, but you don't want anything to do, because she tried to run a wedge through your family. I get it. She ain't blood. You know, I'll give her that uh, CC, what's it? Is it CC Patterson? Keep on walking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's run the next one. Okay. My spouse always claims that they did not say things I know for a fact they said during our arguments. So I started secretly recording them as proof that I am not making things up. Am I tripping? No, not at all. 
You're tripping. Nah, you're not. As long as you don't play that recording to anybody else, you're not. If you're doing it because you think your spouse slipped in a slight dementia or they have selected memory, yeah, record them. This is what you said. Same and thing happened to us on two shows. I, I, don't, I don't even talk that way. <laughs> <laughs> and you had me right on tape. You, you strong and wrong <laughs> with your joint. You talking about, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't even I talk that caught, way. I was caught red-handed. Yeah. Yep. I was wrong as rain. Yeah, you were strong and wrong. That's what we call it. But I just feel like in a relationship, you shouldn't have to go to through the to these lengths to prove a point. Like I don't believe I don't in think you're proving a point. Through, I think going that, through phones and I, think that helps. I ain't got I time think, for that. I think that helps people in a relationship because it'll help them say, you know what, she done caught me three times with that. Sometimes I'm probably getting so angry that I'm misremembering what I what I'm saying. And you need to work on that. Okay. Like Harry just said something that uh Joey conveyed, you know, when he get in the argument. He says, before you say something, count to three. Mm-hmm. Like one three, and then talk. Okay. Because you really don't have to to say every thought that pops into your head. That's true. That's you really I mean. don't. Silence is uh, golden. Sometimes golden. Yeah. Okay, so. Last one. Okay, I guess we don't think you're tripping. Um, my spouse and I agreed to have co-ed wedding parties where I would have male friends in my bridal party and he would have female friends in his groom's party. I believe one of the girls has feelings for him, so I don't want her in his party. He insists it's not true, so he won't kick her out. The fact that he would keep her against my wishes makes me more suspicious. Am I tripping? No, you're not tripping because those are your feelings and that's how you feel. And I would never say she can't state her feelings to her significant other. So no, you're not tripping. Okay, the only reason why I'm going to say you're tripping is because you agreed to the co-ed wedding parties. So you can't agree to the co-ed wedding parties and then pick and choose who you want who who you want on in his side. I mean, you don't you're not going to be happy if he starts criticizing your picks it doesn't, on your it side. Doesn't, it doesn't say that. And if you think of It doesn't girl, say what? It doesn't say what you just said. Um, it, you know, it doesn't say you can't critique because if his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend is there and still got the hots for him, or this is a girl he done got caught out there with during their relationships before they got married, then yeah, you're going to say something. I, I, I know Shanita ain't up in that joint. I, you know, I know you're going to say that. No, but this is my, this is, but, but all I'm saying is that either they're going to be co-ed or they're not. If you, agree to them being if you agree to them being co-ed, then you can't sit here and pick and choose who he has in his party. I'm Just say, okay, no. Putting away the bur- I'm not saying you're putting together the invitation list, but I'm saying if there's somebody, like, like I said, say for instance, you know, two months ago, you got caught out there with one of the girls and you invite her to the, the Do court. you really think he going to be that stupid? Yes, you know. <laughs> you say men are stupid. Yeah. 
Oh, if that's the case, that should be a given. If you got caught with somebody, come on now. And that's a sign. See, to me, I let it happen and then I end everything. What do you mean end everything? So you're not going to go through with the marriage? No. Because if you got caught out there and you bold enough to bring this chick to the party, I don't want no parts of you. So you, would you, you want to just you leave her at the altar? And, and you doing that in front of everybody. You going to leave her at the altar? You just not going to show oh, up? And I ain't, everything going to be canceled after that <laughs> night. So you're going to say, go ahead and keep them in the wedding party. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Look, y'all, I'm sorry y'all flew out here. <laughs> and I hope y'all can get it. You know, we'll turn up and have a party so y'all don't feel like y'all money is wasted. <laughs> but it ain't going to be no holy matrimony. You are not doing that. I mean, I just feel like you if, this is how, if this is how you would do it. No, I wouldn't. If I if just your fiance got caught out there with another woman, I'm talking about bucket naked, bucket naked, <laughs> like we said in the car. <laughs> <laughs> like we, <laughs> he got caught out there like that. I'm sorry. Like for one, it's going to take every ounce of me to say okay. <laughs> you know, unless we have some sort of consent that we're allowed to do this. But if we don't have any consent and I caught you out there and you apologize, I ain't going to deal with it again. And then the bachelor part and you bringing that girl back there? Nah. I'm sorry. <sighs> well, Kim, you, you would be like, boy, bye. That's exactly what you would be. <laughs> <laughs> boy bye yeah mm -hmm. I know yeah I mean cause this is just you're starting off on the wrong foot yeah you already started off on yes this relationship I won't make it months ago. cause I have to say when I, when I got married and I married my husband and ladies you will know when you found a man when you found the right man and God has brought you together you will have no reservations. It, it will flow easy. It's not supposed to be hard. I had no reservations. Yeah, because your, your husband don't be out in the streets. And I tell men all the time, it's all right to hang with your boys. I would say if you have to and you want to hang out, go to a sports bar one. Make it happy hour. But if you go to a sports bar, make you make sure you're there with a lot of your guys, like five or six of them. You think right. that's going to keep you out of trouble? Yeah, it will. It will, especially if they're like guys. Like if all of y'all have wives, or half of y'all have wives, and the other three have very significant others. That's one. Also, don't try to hang out late like that. Go, go to afternoon stuff. You know, things of that nature. Watch football, but watch the night game at home. You know, come home and watch the night game. These are things that can help you control your, your, yourself. Um, right. Don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah. Don't, because it ain't nothing but the lion's den out there. And if right. you were, one thing woman could tell, oh, he a good guy. You know, he got a wedding ring on, so he marrying material. 
So he good. If I get him or as my, if I'm his side piece, he going to take care of me because he ain't going to want to mess at his crib. But I mean, every woman has to know that if a, a, either a man is ready or he's not. And you can't when force a man, him. When a man ready, is ready, he going to choose you. Right. And you shouldn't have to be concerned about whether or not he's cheating or whether or not. If that, you know. see, my whole thing, if that's his MO, that's his modus operandi, that's who he's going to be. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's no need to be checking behind and re recording people. No, you don't <laughs> want to be disrespected, though. Like to me, even if I had an open relationship, uh huh. My, my rules would be like, you can't tell your girlfriends you're doing this. None of our friends can know. If it's just an itch you need scratched by something else because you want variety, then okay. But when you start telling everybody, then people look at the relationship in a then different that, way. Yeah. Then so then you have to you have start respect. Looking crazy. Yeah. yeah, you start looking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not too, I guess, you know, that's not too much to ask. If that's your arrangement, at least let on, the person on the have Joe, dignity. On the, Joe but, on the Joe Buttons podcast, I just looked and they said, if you got with your significant other and while y'all was dating, y'all did some interesting things mm. like swinging and, you know, swapping and all of this stuff. But then when y'all came to get married, all you said all of that was going to stop. But you found out that your significant other was still is, dipping and dabbing. Oh, is the sex addict and still needs that. What would you do? And I, Melissa Ford is on the show. You know who she is? Yeah, she was like a video. Was she like a video vixen. vixen they call yeah, it? yeah. And she p played in some independent films. And she was just saying, well, sex is an important component of marriage but it's not the other things if he's doing other things like caring for me supporting me you know we're helping each other financially blah 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 i'm just not gonna you know just throw that out i'm gonna try to say okay if i know that's all he's doing like so i got a, a friend that just went nuts it a, a part of the joy for my friend was that other people saw what they were doing. And since they saw what they were doing, that gave my friend an additional high from it. Like that was almost the reason why my friend engaged because he wanted, oh, I didn't even mean to put that out there. The gender. <laughs> yeah, because this person wanted to be you know, recognized by other people. Like, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing, you know? And I just like... You mean, so he was participating in the extra extramarital behavior? I'm confused. So like watching... Having the extramarital behavior. Uh-huh. But flaunting it. Not doing it discreetly. Okay. Right. And that was an issue. I told them like, hey, I know and I understand that 
you might want to dip your pen in another ink jar. I get it. But you don't have to reveal to everyone this is what's going on. This is what you're engaging in. That's that's when it becomes disrespectful. To the spouse. At home. Yeah. Yeah. Because that okay. person might go to the store, get you something, celebrate your birthday, and folks will be like, look at them. They don't even know what their spouse is doing. Yeah, I think you if you do have an arrangement like that, at the very least, you should have some discretion. Yeah. Yeah. To each his own, I don't know. You know what my man said? If you want to be totally discreet <laughs> i think that's luther van dross but you just butchered the song i ain't butchered it you know who i'm talking <laughs> about i ain't saying i got a voice or a voice like luther but you knew the songs if only for one night right, yeah yeah <laughs> i had my speculations about that song we'll talk about it off air Okay, well, okay, so I can, I mean, I kind of relate, I guess, to Melissa Ford. I don't know, but I, I think she's saying she's not going to throw the relationship away because of the other sexual indiscretion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's all it's about. It's right. Be because also, it's because you kind of knew this before you engaged with the individual. I don't know. It's interesting. Again, two weeks in a row. Um, I'm loving the am I tripping? Okay, the scenario. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I might purchase the cars myself. Like this. Keep the keep on. So today we want to highlight as our little known black history fact, Rebecca Lee Crumpler. Rebecca Lee Crumpler was born on February 8th, 1831 in Christina, Delaware. She was a physician, a nurse, and an author. She became in, 19, in 1864 after studying at the New England Female Medical College, she became the first African-American woman to become a doctor of medicine in the United States. Crumpler was one of the first female physician authors in the 19th century. And in 1883, she published a book of medical discourses. The book had two parts that covered the prevention and cure of infantile bowel complaints and the life and growth of human beings. Dedicated to nurses and mothers, it focuses on maternal and pediatric medical care and was among the first publications written by an African-American about medicine. Rebecca Lee 
Crumpler, the first African-American woman physician in the United States, our little known black history fact. That's amazing that in 1864, that was a year before the Emancipation Proclamation. So black people in America were still enslaved and she became a doctor. That's, that is amazing. The obstacles she must have overcome to do that. Yeah, that is something. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dr. Crumpler. What Africans have done, Africans can do. Yeah. 1831, right? Not 1931, she was born. What did I say? That's I don't know, because you, when you went back to 1864, I was like... Oh, I thought... I, okay, she was born on February 8th, 1831. You might have said that. Okay. So, let's see if we can get this. What you want to talk about today, Dr. Ed? We are talking about Fonnie Willis again. Fonnie Willis. I love her. Fonnie Willis. Very good entertainment television. I'm telling you. Whew, if you haven't seen the video of her testimony on this hearing about whether or not she should be disqualified from prosecuting Donald Trump in Georgia on this so election fraud. Some, some talk about like her being removed from the case because what she did with the gentleman she shouldn't have. Can I just tell you though real quick one of the funniest moments of her testimony is when she was talking about how they went to a winery and she said, I bought a couple of bottles of wine for him. I don't really drink wine. She said, I drink Grey Goose. I said, I said, oh my God. It's just to me, that just was hilarious to me because first of all, we didn't need to know that, <laughs> but it's all it's almost as if she said that so that like, and look, what yeah right like this whole proceeding is a farce yeah. so you want to be ridiculous i can be ridiculous too yeah. like i don't drink wine i drink gray goose and next hilarious so anyway go ahead i'm sorry what were you saying i, I was saying like some people were saying that she shouldn't it's like it shows like um improprieties and poor judgment. Yeah. yeah. And poor judgment, right. And she should face the the penalty. She's making 
folks that have these high positions look bad and her defending herself and not just removing herself uh, from the case is something that she should really consider. Well, having I this can... long drawn out unnecessary situation. Yeah, and I can understand why people feel that way, but by the same token, look at what Donald Trump is doing. Compared to all the things that he has done that breaks laws, that defies the proper decorum, that breaks away from tradition, everything he does, all of the lines that he's crossed, and then you want to criticize this woman for doing what everybody in America does, and that is <laughs> have, have a relationship with somebody? Like, it's, it shouldn't be that much scrutiny placed on this situation. But the fact of the matter is that they are fighting for their lives. Like he, Donald Trump is fighting for his life on this case. Like they're going to do everything they can to get him out of this. So they're just grasping at straws. And this, they, the unfortunate thing to me is that Fonnie Willis gave them the straw to grasp at. If she recuses herself, another judge is going to No, no. If, no, I'm not recusing myself. No, I'm saying if she does recuse herself. What? Donald she, Trump is not like in less water. There's another judge is going to come and look at the same thing. That's why I said this case is not about nothing. No, but they're nothing. trying to they're trying to disqualify her and get this case dismissed. Yeah, but disqualifying her doesn't dismiss the case because one fact has nothing. This is not a case of his disqualification. This is a case against her. What did they call it? The um. What do they call it? Um, what? Her case. It's not character. Is it? Is it's not character assassination. Conflict of interest. No, they they named it something. Um, I gotta go back to that. Uh, okay, so let me ask you this. So, if Fonnie Willis is disqualified from prosecuting this case. Can someone else in her office prosecute Donald Trump for the same offense? I don't know if it's somebody else in the office the office that can do it. Um, because he her her case with him is the state of Georgia versus Donald Trump, and that's the Georgia election racketeering person persecution. Mm -hmm. Um. Fonnie Willis hearing, what are they calling this? On whether or not she should be disqualified from prosecuting him, right? Yeah, but they called this some, some kind of case. Due to a conflict of interest. Because she dated the special prosecutor that she hired, Nathan Wade. I don't know if it's a disqualification hearing. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, somebody else can come in and take over the case. If she recused herself, there's another judge. Now that judge might be white. 
in Republican. Okay, but you see that energy that Fonnie Willis is giving her? That's who we need to prosecute this case against Donald Trump. We need that energy. We need that. I, I don't disagree. She said, listen, she said, I'm not on trial here, okay? Donald Trump is on trial, mm. okay? Let's focus on that instead of who I decide to go out on a date with. I still don't understand what the conflict of interest is. Because they're trying to, okay, so then Nathan Wade, the guy that she um, hired to be the special prosecutor and the guy with whom she um, went on these dates testified, they're trying to say that they were dating before she hired him and they're using cell phone records of him calling her in the vicinity of a condo that she was renting. Cause remember she, she, she owns a house in Georgia, but she couldn't stay in the house because um, she was being harassed because of her prosecuting the rappers. People were harassing her in front of her house, threatening her life. So she couldn't live there. So she was living in the condo that was owned by a friend of hers. And they were trying to say that Nathan Wade had called her like 10 times and they got pings from two cell towers that were in the vicinity of the condo that she was living in. And so they're trying to say because of that, they, they got these pings on these cell towers back in 2021 before Donald Trump was prosecuted. So they're trying to say, oh, you were dating him before you hired him and so therefore well only if she said she didn't have any contact with him just because they had phone calls that doesn't mean it was date unless the phone exactly. calls are two two o'clock in the morning and i'm glad that he denied that they were dating he said no we weren't dating back then he said okay fine you got me you got me caught making phone calls from my my cell phone back in 2021 in that area but hello the the airports in that area delta airlines is in that area there's some other restaurants and stuff i may have been going to in that area so that doesn't prove anything so i'm I mean, glad they can't they pull the numbers i don't know i'm sure they can and see what numbers that that he called or whatever i don't know mm -hmm. but he denied that they were dating at that time but i just think this is stupid i mean i still don't understand okay so they were dating before i so mean they're just they're just trying to judge their character they have nothing they have they're zero. trying to make this they're bringing this to the public and let's be honest if this was donald trump he's not gonna he's not going to acquiesce he's not going to admit any wrongdoing and he's that he's going to say he hasn't done anything wrong so why should Fonnie willis be any different two can play that game next you're yeah. you going down bro you're going down we got you on tape begging for votes and then you want to try to say other people are stealing an election are you serious right now? This guy is unbelievable. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recuse myself. They would have to drag me kicking and screaming out. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. So...
Kevin Durant got called a little bitch by one of the fans in, in Dallas, and he went over to address them. He was a gentleman, but what do you think about the fans using this type of language toward players? I think that it is inappropriate. It is uncalled for. And I realized that these particular fans did this to get his attention. And in a sense, it worked because apparently one of them has a podcast. They recorded it. And of course, that gives them fodder for their podcast. So I do think that they were um, baiting him into this interaction and it worked. But the thing is, is that this is actually a thing where fans feel, because this has happened at other games and with other NBA players where fans feel as if just because these um, amazing entertainers are public figures, they feel as if they are entitled to insult them, to talk about their families, to try to ins- try to bait them into yeah, the old school players say, the yeah, old I school mean, players say they were used to that. And they're telling that the younger players are soft. I don't think the younger players are soft. They're just not tolerating what y'all tolerate. Right. It's not fair. I mean, Kevin Durant said we are not circus animals. Okay. To be played with. We're people. We have families. We don't want to, you, you can't call, you can't just continue to sit up here and call people names. It's, it's not fair. Now it's, we all for you. We, we, we get that you want to come to the game. You want to unwind. You want to have a couple of beers. You want to enjoy the game. You want to yell. You want to scream. You want to cheer, but don't cross the line. They should not have to be subjected to being called bees and all kinds of uh, derogatory terms. It's just inappropriate. And I'm glad in those um, instances where, for example, I think LeBron James had somebody thrown out of the arena. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it happens to Russell Westbrook a lot. Right. So, yeah, I don't. I, I think you've crossed the line when you start calling people. Yeah, Chris a Paul had somebody thrown out too. Yeah. So you know, just because these players make a lot of money, don't sleep. They steal from where they're from, and from where Kevin Durant is from, he's from my neck of the woods in PG County. We don't play that over here in these parts. Okay, in the DMV, we don't play them type of games. His so, mother was a bus driver. I don't think he. So was Carmelo's Anthony. I don't. Carmelo grew up in a tough part of Baltimore. Right. Um, so you, if you, you keep asking for it, you gonna get what you're asking for. So I think he handled himself well here. He didn't, you know, no, no, he didn't put his hands on anyone because the lady when it was a, a man and a woman. I'm not sure which one called him the B, but when um, Kevin Durant doubled back. He must have said, what did you say? Excuse me, what did you call me? Yeah. And she actually put her, reached her hand out, like to, to shake that. his hand. And he was yeah. like, if you don't get your hand out of my face, I'm not shaking your hand up. You just call me a B. Like, are he you serious? No, I'm just imagining the oh. conversation because we don't know what was said. But this, no, I'm just I was like, I ain't hear all that. Right. I'm just imagining. I said, can't what, you just, what, what, you what, can imagine. I said, you what, can, what, you what, can what, imagine what, what was said. Right. She said, B. You be he probably she probably said call you him a little bitch. 
Okay. Calm right. Yeah. And it's like you can't, I mean, you can't take but so much. I got it. But my I'm, thing is, she must have called him by name because it was a bunch of the players that were coming out at the same Kevin, time. You little bitch. Yeah. Right. So we'll 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 follow up on I this. mean, at seven feet, he's he's far from little. <laughs> yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Let us move on. Give it up, give it up, give it up, yo. Give it up, give it up, gotta give it up. Give it up, give it up, give it up, yeah. Give it up, give it up, gotta give it up. All right, this week we're going to give it up to Ashley Lamouth Derby. She started working at Chick-fil-A at the age of 15, and she has since become the youngest owner of a Chick-fil-A franchise. She is currently 26 years old. So let's give it up to... And she, um, her path to franchise ownership began during her undergraduate years at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, where she continued working at Chick-fil-A while demonstrating exceptional leadership skills and exceeding sales targets. Like who? She, she must have had some paper. Well, I looked at, I just happened to look it up. And actually it said to start a Chick-fil-A franchise. It said all you need was ten thousand dollars. I'm like, is that possible? But that's what it said. Ten thousand dollars. You never heard that. But but the yeah, thing about the thing about having a Chick-fil-A franchise um is that you actually have to be a hands-on operator. Like you can't just get it and have somebody work in your stead. Like you actually have to be on site working close closely in the restaurant yeah that's not very attractive to me i don't want to do that it but i would like to own one what you bringing in because if, if that store is netting you four hundred thousand dollars a year i'll be writing chick-fil-a <laughs> <laughs> but that's hard work fast food restaurants that's hard work you're on your feet the whole time but you're not. You have. You're running it. You can go back and sit at your desk. You're gonna have. If you own it, you can have a manager after you start the operating of it. Okay. So. Listen. They said Lamothe's success story is particularly remarkable. Considering the competitive nature of the Chick-fil-A franchise selection process, it says with over 20,000 inquiries from potential franchisees each year, only 4% are selected. Wow. Hats off to her. Yes. Seriously. All right. So as we wrap up our show... Our words of wisdom for the week to suppress free speech is a double wrong. It violates the rights of the hearer as well as those of the speakers. That's from the good brother Frederick Douglass. We talked about Malia Ann Obama changing her name to Malia Ann. We had two Trump stories for you. He, he visited the Black Conservative Federation. 
And uh, Trump got a pair of new kicks out there. We talked about Steve Wilkes being fired and the city of Annapolis developing a beach along the Chesapeake. What's beef this week was Corey Hope and Donnell Rawlings. We did, you know, three games of Am I Trippin'? What's the scenario? Uh, little known black history fact was Rebecca Lee Crumpler, the first black woman doctor. And we, the talk of the week was Fonnie Willis again. I all hell no, Kevin Durant being called a bitch. And we gave it up to <laughs> Ashley Lamouth, the youngest chick from the owner at age 26. And as always, we lose you, baby. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and knowledge to Feed your soul. Now's the feed your soul. See you next week. We out.